Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to season two of Have a Little Insight. We are coming at you very close to Valentine's Day with a super special episode where we have interviewed three different couples who have all been together for more than 30 years. So one of the favorite things I like to do when I was working in a restaurant was serve anniversary tables. And the first question I would ask them is, how long have you been together? And obviously you get a variety of answers from one year to four years to sometimes even 65 years. And then my other question for people who are having anniversaries was, what's your secret if you've been together for a really long time in a culture that has really high divorce and separation rates? How do you stay together for 30 years, 50 years, 65 years, a lifetime? And what does it take to make that love work? So we talked to three different couples about their relationship, how they fell in love, and what some of their insights were um, from having spent a lifetime or 30 plus years with another person. So I really hope you enjoy. There were some pretty special answers in here that really warmed my heart. So hopefully you get the tingles too. So our first couple is Renee and Laurentin and we discovered them through a local newspaper story that was written about uh, their love. So we reached out to them and thought it'd be interesting to uh, talk to them about their relationship. And they have been together for 49 years. Yeah, Yeah. 49 years. (laughs) So here they are. Hi, Renee and Laurentin. Welcome to Have a Little Insight. My name's Jenny and I'm Ryan. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Maybe we can start by, you can just tell us a little bit about yourselves, how you met, fell in love, um, how long you've been together, that sort of thing. I'm an artist. I paint and I sculpt, but I spent most of my life working in mental health, especially with people who are deaf. Well, I was an architect of Expo 67. Uh, That's more than 50 years ago. (laughs) We moved to Ottawa in 1980. We met in Montreal, actually, uh, while I was working there, and both uh, Renee also. Short of it. Uh, How how many years? Because I don't remember the dates. Oh, uh, in March, we'll celebrate 49 years of life together. Um, that's amazing. Congratulations. This coming March, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Almost One at the day at a time. That's the recipe. If you, you're going to ask for a recipe, Yeah. take it one day at a time. That's mm-hmm. lots of days. I, I, didn't, I, did, I didn't do the maths, but uh, yeah, one day at a time. So the next question, but you've kind of already answered it, was from me was going to be like, what's your secret? Um, but you said one day at a time. So... And also, I think part of it is uh, respecting each other's space. We, I need to have a place where I can be alone and do my own thing, and Lanata does as well. So, for example, when we got the house, we bought a duplex. So we each check, essentially, we each have an apartment in the same house. So we each have our space, and yet we can be together. And I will, uh, yeah, I will second that. And I think it's one of the most important pieces of us still being together. It was his idea when we met and we decided to share for a while. Of course, the future was tomorrow. It still is. Um, 
but he insisted on that we needed our spaces. Um, I was more insistent on let's move together, and um, he kept uh, he kept it firm, and we actually shared the same house when we bought this house we're in 30 years ago. All that time before that, we were in different spaces. And um, so you can imagine that going through uh, to and from an apartment, uh, always a few doors apart. I, I think all in all, uh, that uh, sort of um, allowed us to have our own space and our own life. Uh, and that's a big part of the uh, longevity recipe. Yeah, the the one thing that I always hear is everyone always says that communication is key. And I think that stands for any relationship, really, whether it's a friendship or even with a family. But it seems like you guys have communicated with each other, like what you need, right? In terms of, you know, sometimes I need my own space to do my work. So that I think that plays in um, depending on what the relationship is. But it seems like for you, that was a huge factor, right? I think I was suffering a bit when he's, he said, well, Let's let's stay uh, let's stay uh, separate uh, s separate and uh, uh, that was um, but he kept insisting that uh, it, it was not actually when we moved to Ottawa because we had to 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 get one apartment and uh, because I was uh, I moved with with a job. Um, and he didn't have a job uh, in the first few months, I guess. So we had to share a, a one-bedroom somewhere in, in uh, downtown, uh, like on Gilmore, I think. Um, and that was really tough because we had been together for 10 or 15 years already um, in separate quarters. Uh, having our space, uh, which are totally different because each space is is molded after uh, uh, our personalities, uh, our needs. And uh, so that's part of respecting the other person's needs, not to overwhelm the other with your own space. Well, as an architect, of course, for me, space is a is an important dimension. That's why uh, I think this this is a key word. Yeah. Another aspect, possibly as well, is we have different work times. For example, <coughs> I'm a night hawk. He's a morning person. So most of the time, he often actually gets up before I go to bed. I like to, at night when there's nobody around is the time where I like to paint. So I put on my music, my opera, I go into my studio and do my painting. No phones, no interruptions. So that's kind of my time for working. And his time is quite the opposite because the earlier in the morning, the better he is. So, so I guess the, the middle of the day is kind of when you're able to um, do some yeah. things together and that's why we yeah. we picked this time because yeah. we, that's the time when the uh, the plage as we say in french that's the, the the time that's common to both of us until dinner and after that uh, yeah and uh, finally the house rolls on a 24-hour basis there's always some movement in the house yeah 
Um, so to, to go back a bit, like when you first met each other, did you have like a feeling like you knew right away or did it take some time to get to know each other more? Actually, we met through a good friend of mine who was also a good friend of his ex. And this friend came to visit us and visit me in Montreal. He wanted to meet this friend that he knew at the bar. So we, I went with him. I was and, that friend. <laughs> yeah. And so that's how we met. And yes, uh, I think I think if I remember, well, I do remember, of course. Um, yeah, I was on a sort of um, vacant heart vacation. Uh, my partner uh, had gone out west, California. I think that was the the time. Uh, he was fed up with Montreal, so we decided to go explore the world. And I was sort of uh, a lonely heart. And uh, there we met with this common friend of ours. And uh, for me, it was sort of immediate. Uh, the, the, there was room in my heart, and he came just to fill it. <laughs> and I think it was quite the same for him. Um, yeah, I, I remember right. I had actually my my partner at the time had just left for Europe as well, and so I was kind of out of sorts a bit at the time too. Actually, yeah, uh, not not long after we met. Um, I uh, I had the, I actually had the plane ticket to Vancouver to go and uh, visit my ex, and he told me afterwards that he thought that I was I would never come back. I was going to meet my friend again, and uh, we would make up and um, never come back. And uh, 15 days later, ta-da! <laughs> I said, "Well, finally, it's uh, things are solved. Uh, I'm back." And um, and as I said at the beginning, everything went one the other time since then. We have both a strong common interest as well. Well, yeah. many, but uh, the arts in general. I'm an architect. He's a visual artist. And we're both fans of opera. Opera anytime, anywhere, <laughs> any uh, century. It could, could be Mozart, could be Wagner, could be... We addicted to the uh, the Met Opera, um, Met on uh, HD at the in the cinemas. Uh, it's much cheaper than traveling to New York, and actually uh, it developed into an art form in itself. So uh, yeah, give us an opera, and we'll be together and uh, very very uh, satisfied. So that's uh, one thing that we share really closely. It sounds like yeah, you found a lot of positive ways in the 49 years that you've been together to work through your differences and then like stay united through the things that you share like opera and you know your passion well, for the yeah, arts well Sunday afternoon drive it just both mm. our families did that and we so did we uh just jump in the car on Sunday afternoon and go for a drive without any any particular you just take the the, the no destination <laughs> no destination we just Actually, get sometimes lost. get lost, yes. Yeah, we, we got <laughs> lost very often, and uh, but that was fun. That's, uh, he would have uh, sketching pads, and we would just go through the countryside and see whatever happens, and stop for a coffee somewhere and uh, discover. 
weekend pleasures actually just to discover a new village and new uh, so we've traveled um, pretty much across all of Quebec and most of Ontario and we have a beautiful country I can tell you <laughs> but yeah that's that's a big part also of uh, uh, you know sharing com having divi divided spaces but sharing a lots of common interests yeah, you need you need some opposites, right? But uh, being completely polar opposites doesn't necessarily mean that you'll attract. It's nice to have some common interests, but I I love that idea of just going for a drive, and that, that in itself is a little adventure, and you don't have to very go very far to have that. But it's sure. an experience that you now have together. So I, I love that. And we also have done quite a bit of traveling together. Some traveling that we haven't done not together because I'm much more adventurous in my travels than Marate's. But we've been to Europe many times, Mexico. It's been fun to travel together as well. Yeah, we survive hotel uh, hotel uh, sharing <laughs> uh, for uh, 14, the, the 15 days uh, standard package. We can survive because uh, sharing with someone in a hotel room is always a difficult thing, <laughs> and we've managed to do that. Of course, I sleep days and he sleep nights. <laughs> no, I, uh, the, other the other way, way around. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would turn down the the TV until he fell asleep and started snoring, and then I would turn it up again. <laughs> <laughs> Got to That's really snoring. cute. <laughs> <laughs> But when um, we say when we say forty nine years, lots of people are surprised actually because uh, nowadays, of course, even in the uh, non gay world, it, 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 it's a quite a quite a contract. Uh, but um, it just just happened. We, we we look back and it seems to be so simple and so uh, so easy actually. Uh, we, we we have our differences, of course, but um, we never had these tremendous big fights sort of blend into and uh, and we discover over time we discover also that uh, lots of things that we we leave on the side to make room for the other person uh, are non-essential actually. When we're young and we we meet, we say, "Well, I'll never do that. I'll he he will not <laughs> make me do that thing or whatever." And uh, ten years later, say, "What's the the point?" I mean, yes, it's not, it's not an issue, and uh, so gradually you change. And uh, because another point around that is. It's you. You can never change another person. You, you can change only yourself. But if you do that, each of you, without even noticing, gradually, we now reach the point where we uh, we don't have to 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 talk. Sometimes we just it just comes. We come to the same idea. We finish each other's sentences. Often before we get to the actual point of the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> you know each other very well, I imagine, after all this time. Yeah. We go grocery shopping and we decide the, the first one who says, well, what about doing this tonight? We say, well, yeah, that's what I was thinking. So we, we decide on the menu without even talking. <laughs> well, 
I don't know that I have any more questions because I feel like you've you've told the story really well and there's been like a lot of good insights some I've heard before some for the first time and the only thing I'll ask in closing unless Ryan has something is um, what would you tell the young people today if there's anything else that you haven't mentioned about um, how to make their relationship last if they're in a long-term relationship or they're looking to get married right now if there's any other little piece of advice you might leave people with well, a lot of things are going through my mind right about that you can tell uh, us all of them I, I, I think most important is to respect the other and to 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 compromise go halfway I, I think it seems to me a lot of the young people that I know now they seem to have a vision of what their future is going to be and what they're looking for in a relationship I I think you you really shouldn't do that you you should let the relationship happen and evolve without expectations I think if you start building expectations for from the relationship that's where you tend to be the most disappointed and that's when things don't work out like you mentioned about not like you can't change somebody right so if you're expecting them to do something and then you know you're only going to let yourself down because <laughs> it's not really up to them to meet that expectation right exactly yeah 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 yeah, I sort of quite, quite agree with that because, uh, yeah, it's key. I, I think our our society builds up this image of what an ideal relationship is and usually ends up being, you know, a home and two-car garage and one and a half kids. And, and, and that's what people are, are led to expect from a relationship. And that's not what a relationship should be based on. It should be based on the mutual understanding and getting to, or actually not getting to somewhere, but letting yourself be brought somewhere through the relationship. Yeah, like being being open to receiving as well as giving, right? And I, I do think it's funny. Uh, it made me think of car commercials because every car commercial seems like it's trying to tell you, like, this is what a family looks like. This is what a relationship looks like. But yeah. in reality, like, every relationship is a little bit different. And I think that's the interesting thing is um, we're talking to you, but we're also talking to other couples that have been together for different amounts of time. And their lifestyle may be completely different. Um, but yeah, just all of those core values, right? Like, take it a day at a time, be open, uh, compromise, respect each other. So it's awesome. And there's a, another dimension, of course, of being two guys, uh, especially back in the 60s, of course, we were still living double lives, mm. uh, some more than the others. But um, I had to have my private life separate from my uh, work life. And you had to be very careful. Well, I remember what happened in Ottawa here with the, the uh, fruit machine and uh, all these... Um, police investigations of uh, even when I came to Ottawa it was 1980 it was considered a security risk if you were not um, part of the straight society so building a, a, a strong relationship on a uh, in a society that's still uh, not necessarily accepting of the kind of relationship yeah that uh, yeah that was still and at the same time, it's an element of um, b creating bonds. 
because um, you have to go these additional hurdles together. It's a, an additional difficulty, but at, at, at the same time, it's, it keeps you closer to one another, actually. I have to say that from that perspective, I was really very fortunate because I was always involved in the arts, in the theater, going to art school. So you you were in a, 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 a domain where there were lots of gay people. So and and the people who weren't gay were very accepting. So I, I was fortunate enough not to have to go through a lot of that. I think we actually never came out. <laughs> We've been together forty nine years, and we never came out. The relationship was so natural for everyone around family or uh, after the, the first 10 years uh, or 20 years, uh, the, the uh, work environment, they finally understood that this guy with this guy, they, they go together. Actually, when one of us went shopping without the other, normally, since we have a definite, definite track, um, the, the the cashiers would ask, "Well, where's your friend? Uh, you're t you're all you're alone today." And uh, and when they ask, and I'm alone, I tell them that they let me out alone without supervision occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> I I personally I wanted to ask you about your shirt because I saw that in the photo that you sent us too. The 100% human. I think oh, that's really one? cool. Yeah. Well, it's my my best friend is German, and uh, when in 2017 actually he was at the Pride in Cologne, and the uh, uh, the theme of that year was uh, against homophobia, no, against transphobia. I still collect comments about this T-shirt actually, uh, and not the first year it was surprising women only men would look at at it and don't say anything uh women would uh, have comments and uh, or approval normally um and m more recently it's a big tough guy who said oh i love your t-shirt uh now people see what it means and uh, comment on it. Uh, it's, uh, it's funny, in a few years, the change. It is a great shirt. So I just want to thank you guys so much for taking time to come on our show, sharing your story with us. And again, just to hear from people like yourselves who have, you know, worked through the hard times and found the commonalities and the compromise. I think, well, personally, for me, it's inspiring. And uh, I hope it, you know, brings a smile and inspiration to other people out there. And I'm just really grateful for your time and for you sharing your story with us. Okay. Yeah. See you. Well, Thank congratulations you. on 49 years. Thanks so much for coming on. <laughs> Thank you. The big party will be next year. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. We'll wait for the invitation. <laughs> okay. okay. Ciao. Bye. Take care. Thank Bye. You. All right, everybody. So that was Renee and Laurentin. So, for me, what really stuck out uh, very simply was a few things uh, I wrote down here was just taking it one day at a time, uh, having respect for each other. Uh, the one thing with that I noticed was even though to me, it seems like when you're in a relationship that you're supposed to be like spending a lot of time together and living in the same space, but they were still 
respecting each other's space so much that they didn't even live in the same house for a while. Um, they had different day and night schedules, but like they were still there for each other, like and just respected each other's space and time. Uh, compromise was another thing that they brought up, and they talked about not having expectations on the relationship, which I think is huge. Yeah, I think that was a, a big takeaway for me too, Rye, is like um, one of the things that sticks out in my head when I listen back to them is that the future is just tomorrow. And often in life, we hear these things about like creating a life plan, like what's your five year, what's your 10 year plan? And the truth is, we don't know what's going to happen the next day, the next month, the next year, 10 years from now, and that it really is about just growing together, letting the mutual understanding and compromise and the relationship bring you somewhere together. Yeah, it, it was just it was really eye opening to me how a relationship can be what you want to make it and how you make it and make room for the other person contributes to your success. Yeah, I, I think it just it comes down to like having the type of relationship that you want and not putting a, like a plan on it because like it's another individual, it's another person. And if you really want the relationship to work, like you both have to put the work into it and make it about the journey and learning and growing together. Yeah. Awesome. Well, on to the next couple. Let's do it. So our next couple is Dave and Marie. Dave and Marie have been together for 51 years. They met when they were, Ryan, do you remember how old they said they were? I'm just checking my notes. Oh, they met when they were, Marie was 18 and Dave was 21. And uh, yeah, they tell us a little bit about how they met and how they've grown together over their 51 years. And uh, one of the really interesting things I found in this interview was that when they met, they actually didn't even speak the same language. But 51 years, still in love. And now, both talking the same language. Anyways, <laughs> let's, uh, let's have a listen to Dave and Marie. So, Dave and Marie, hi. Welcome to the show. Um, we're super happy to have you with us. Um, maybe we can start with, you can tell us a little bit about yourselves, how long you've been together, that sort of thing. Okay, well, it's been 51 and a half years so far. And they've all been very nice, actually, really. <laughs> And we met when we were quite young though. Marie was 18 and I was 21. And I was working during the summer at uh, a plant and uh, making some money to go back to school and university. And uh, Marie's brother happened to be working in the same plant. So <clears throat> that's sort of a little background. Then what happened was my brother was in a band at the time and he had a gig playing out of the a high school dance in the area. So uh, I figured I'd just go and see how he was doing. So I walked in there and after a little while, I, I saw Marie's brother and then he introduced me to her. And that's when it struck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, ha I have to explain that uh, I was born and raised in Quebec and my dad took a, a job in Southern Ontario. I was about 17, but I, I continued to study in Quebec because I didn't speak English. So when I met Dave, I did not speak English very well at all. And he didn't speak French. So you can imagine <laughs> it was a bit of a language barrier there, but it didn't stop him. <laughs> <So> <laughs> well, I was intrigued. I really was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, as long as, as long as the language of love was strong, you know? 
That's it. Yeah. Although at the time I already had a boyfriend in Quebec. So, but he was a very persistent young man. Yes. And and I, when I went back in the fall to continue my studies and where my boyfriend was at the time, he followed and decided that he needed to study at McGill. So then he was near where I was and I had to choose. So it's at that time that I decided he was he was the best one. He was really the the better one of the two, and that's it. And the rest is history, kind of thing. But it was it was quite uh, at first quite different for the fact that we had kind of different backgrounds. I was really a francophone, and I was always living in Quebec at that point. And I had no reason to speak English, you know, where I was. I was studying in French. And he was in the opposite kind of. Now it was 100% Scots background. So mm. quite a shock for my family in a way to find that I was going out with a French Catholic. But anyway, it, was yes. fine. it worked out fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was a bit of a surprise for his family that he followed and went to McGill because at that point you, you had finished your BA anyway. Yeah, I had finished my three-year BAs. I figured all well, another year won't hurt. So I took the qualifying year and got four-year BA. And then I went to teacher's college and became a teacher, so. Yeah, so we uh, we were very young, 18 and 21. And- uh, But we, we were lucky though, because it, it was a different different period of time, whereas, you guys are not so sure about jobs and things like that. When I graduated, this the school boards came and hired me from college. I didn't have to go looking for them. They came looking for me. I could have had my choice of anywhere in Ontario. And uh, because we were together, we figured we wanted something that was bilingual. And so we chose Ottawa. Yeah. And uh, But it was nice because we were both young and we had come from very stable families, both of us. And the path was fairly clear. You, you, you could get married and have a job and uh, you were guaranteed that for life pretty well. Yeah, it was, there was a lot of security back then that way. You know, that was, that was fortunate. So I taught at Maryville High School for 32 years, so. Yeah, yeah. Wow. For myself, we, we had the children um, fairly soon, right? We got married, I was 20 and Dave was uh, 23. So he was very young. So we, we had our children, I was in, we were in our 20s. And uh, by the time, I guess, late 20s, uh, early, you know, I stayed home with the kids for about six years. And then I decided, because I didn't have a university degree at the time, I just had a, a CIGEC, you know, degree, mm-hmm. which is only... It's like a college degree. It's like college, but not a, a university. So I decided I wanted to do... a a BA in visual arts and I went back and studied at uh, Ottawa U at the time and um, got my BA and shortly after that I was hired by the National Gallery and I worked there for 15 years um, in the education division there so we were both kind of in a way in education (laughs) teaching teaching in different ways but we actually have very similar uh, values we like the same things and we we saw eye eye on most things. Yeah, I think that's part of why we got along. We had similar values, similar interests. We were both interested in visual arts, in music, uh, in history, and um, and we. I found that raising the kids was also um, 
easy in the sense that we both had similar views as to how to do it and to go about it. And I was so, off all summer too, so that was handy. Yeah, that was nice. He, he had the summer off, so I could continue working in the summer and uh, the kids were taken care of by Dave and it was, was, it was a good, good, yeah. It was nice, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what else you want to know details of. I actually, I'm curious about one thing. If we go back to the beginning, when you talk about when you met Dave, you say you were struck. And I just, I'm curious if you could elaborate on that. Like, to me, that sounds like you met Marie and you just, there was this, like, that feeling that you like can't explain. And so is that like, maybe well, what I did that feel like? And like, what motivated you to follow her to McGill? Like, did you kind of just have a feeling right away that there was something special? She had very long hair at the time. And uh, that was the end scene. And uh, she was pretty good looking. And so I thought, what the heck, you know? And then of course this French aspect was even, you know, even more attractive, you know? Mm. I don't know, I just was quite intrigued, you know? He, yeah. he definitely was. Uh, I, came, I went to the dance with my brother. We had our own car, but he insisted on driving me home. You know, he had just met me, but he insisted on driving me home. And on the way home, he asked me on a date. I mean, he had just met me, you know, it was just right off the bat, you know, he was, he was a go-getter, you know, I tell you. <laughs> he was, and I was feeling a little peculiar because I already had a boyfriend and I thought I gotta be honest with him. And I told him I had a boyfriend that did not stop him because it you, got- The boyfriend was in Quebec. We were on Ontario, so what the heck? Man yeah, on yeah. <laughs> felt he was he had an advantage that he was there and, and the other the boyfriend was in Quebec yeah yeah so it was a he was a very determined guy he was um and my mom really liked him right off the bat my mother kept saying oh he's such a gentleman you know he's so polite and such a gentleman you know so she really uh, was on his side, I have to say. So that, I, that helped. <laughs> I, I thought he was a very nice guy too, you know. I was hesitant at first. Plus, you know, the fact that we didn't speak, uh, I didn't speak English that well. You know, I'd go on dates with him. I didn't catch everything he was saying, just like he probably didn't get everything I was saying. But it, it well, seems I, to I had to go and spend time with her family, which was really difficult because they were all speaking French. Uh, though I had to take it in, in school, it was much more rapid French than I was used to, you know. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, so <laughs> I, it was quite an initiation for me that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his family, you know, uh, when I first went to his house and met his parents, his mother gave me such a look over because I was, you know, the foreign girl coming into this Anglo family and <laughs> Catholic and French and um, and but the 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 Funny thing was that she was a French teacher herself. She had learned French and was a French teacher in high school, but she never spoke French to me because she kept saying that my French was not like the French in France. I was from Quebec and I did not speak the I French. I kept telling my French. mother, you don't speak like the Queen of England either. <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course, when I was going out with Dave, she would correct my English, you know? because she kept saying, you're gonna marry a teacher and you'll have to get along with the teacher's wives and you need to speak English properly. So she would correct me. It was, it was a bit- Intimidating. <laughs> yes, I was quite young. It was intimidating, you know, I have to say, but I did learn, right? <laughs> yeah, you sure did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So 
way better in French in English than I am in French, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can manage quite well. Yeah, but... yeah, you do. So, yeah, yeah. What good, good you... teacher and good students. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of, one of the other things when I talked to you both on the phone that you said was one of the big things is you just really enjoy spending time together and doing things together. Well, that's true. We. I mean, especially now, I mean, we're forced to be together all the time, but before that we were always together. We do things together. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We do. You know, although when we're not in a pandemic mode, um, you know, I would have my own activities that I did with my friends. You know, I, we did have some separate interest, but um, generally, yes, we do get along very well. We, uh, we're each other's best friends. Yeah, so. yeah, we, we do disagree from time to time, you know, and <laughs> we do, we do have little. Not really though, I mean, not. Nothing serious though, no. you know, nothing very serious. We so. generally talk things over and decide together what we want to do and how we're going to do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think from the start, the fact that we had similar taste and similar values um, and similar interests and yeah. yeah. It was, um, it did, and, and I guess love came along, right? I mean, love is part of it. So yes, <laughs> we fell in love and, um, and we still are in love, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, we still are, so. Well, I, I gotta, you gotta accept the person for, for the good and the bad, right? And, you know, make some compromises where you can, but it seems like you're good at communicating where you're at and working through things together. Yeah, that's true. But we haven't had a lot to work through it. Life's been pretty good to us, actually. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think part of it was just the generation we happen to be born into. They've had it easier than, than the younger people now. Yeah, I think we did. Yes. You know, um, Dave had a job and it was a secure job for, you know, until he retired. And um, I stayed home with the kids. And when I decided to study and then have a career, I, that, that also the government, so that, was secure that went well too. You know, I worked for um, what, 21, 22 years in museums. I worked at the National Gallery and then I moved to the Museum of History. And um, I worked on exhibition. I ended up traveling in different places to see exhibitions because I was also working on exhibition planning. So yeah, we had interesting lives. So. Yeah. So I don't know what else. We we both we both like art, you know. Uh, we both uh, Dave did some paintings. I did some paintings. We did some art, and we have a son who's also very good. Actually, I think he's better than we are. Yeah, <laughs> he's the the better of a uh, of the three of us. But uh, yeah, we 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 had similar passions, similar interests. Yeah. Wow. What are what are some of the different interest interests that you guys have? Well, I, I made furniture for the house here and uh, my son's now doing that in Baltimore. So it was the furniture making, then- uh, Your trains. I have a model railroad, yeah, in the basement. Dave has a model railroad. And so that kept me busy for a while. And uh, so we, we built up little towns and we named the stores after our grandchildren. So when they came in, they could see their store and this kind of stuff. And uh, so that was kind of fun. Then um, you were big on skiing for a while. Yeah, yeah. Well, my that got see that was the neat thing about having our kids young, because I went and did the stuff with them. We went to ski lessons, and then the kids were in ski lessons. And I went and skied along with them, and of course they were much better at it than I ever got. But still, <laughs> we had fun, and so that was 
that was good. Mm -hmm. uh, and we played hockey and things like that. So yeah. But again, we the fact that the kids were young when we were young, and so and now it works out really yeah, well. Yeah, we had, we had lots of energy and we could, uh, you know, keep up to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, we could. I mean, in fact, you know, we're still relatively young considering you know the age they are and so on, and we have six grandchildren now. So, mm -hmm. yeah, three in each family. So it's a uh, yeah, they're too far, though. That's the sad thing. They're far. Mm -hmm. But um, yes, we're very proud of our family. And it means a lot to us, the family. Of course, the other thing we're into is square dancing. Yes, square <laughs> dancing. <Yeah. laughs> that We were invited by somebody that you were skiing with, right? That's right, yeah. Somebody they were skiing with invited us to join the one club. So we went over and tried it and enjoyed it. And, uh, and then Dave decided that he'd like to try a calling too. So it, yeah. it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to be a caller, you know, and it takes a while to learn to be good at it. But I think a lot of those things, he took those on after retirement, like the calling, right? The square dancing, we started doing that when, when we retired, yeah. more or less. And uh, also the skiing. Too. Mm -hmm. The skiing. Well, they were all very good at skiing, but I wasn't, you know. So when I retired, when we retired, I decided I would get to be good enough that I could at least follow them down the slope, you know. <laughs> and so I did that, right? Yeah. So you got to be pretty good, actually. I got to be not bad. I wouldn't say as Of course, good now as... we can't do it because of COVID and everything else. No. Over there. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, but our, our youngest son was actually a ski racer, so he's very, very good, so... No, I'm not nowhere near that, but uh, I can go down the hill with <laughs> better than I used to, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So other than that, I guess music. We're interested in music. I like to play the piano. And uh, after I retired, I decided I would practice it more and read the music more. So I do that quite a bit. And what else do we do? That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot. That's, yeah, yeah, that's quite a bit. And it seems like you, you've tried out each other's interest as, interests as well, right? To kind of see if it's for you or if you like it or at least give it a shot. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Well, you do end up with a circle of friends in each area, you know, like we have our square dancing friends. And when we were skiing a lot, we had our circle of skier, ski friends, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's sort of part of your social life, you know, as well. So, yeah. yeah. I used to ski five days a week. Oh, wow. Yeah, every, every week. Yeah, we used to go in early in the morning and ski till about 11.30 or so, 12 o'clock. Then we'd have a hot chocolate with all our friends and have a good laugh or whatever. And then we'd come home, right? Yeah. yeah. We enjoyed also raising the kids. Eh? We, we got into what they were doing, you know. Um, when Matsu showed an interest in the skiing big time, I think Dave, we spent a lot of time with him on that. Yeah. At, you know driving him to the ski races and all that and and Nick was in hockey both of them were in hockey for a while we spent hours in arenas you know drinking this mm. lousy hot chocolate that yeah, they have more there. games in a year than and, the NHL has <laughs> and getting up like <laughs> six in the morning or whatever to be there for the game you know whatever it, we, we spent a lot of time in the arenas but we always did get involved in those things and kind of enjoyed it yeah yeah it was fun yeah, yeah, I'm kind of miss it now that they're so far. As we um, 
Well, we want to make sure you get out there on your walk today and get the good sun. But just as we kind of wrap things up here, do you, do the two of you have any advice for people who are just settling into marriage nowadays or young people who are looking for that kind of like long-term love? Like, what would you say to them are like maybe the things they should focus on if they want their relationship to be successful? Well, um, I think you have to sort of give up on some of your, well, I don't know how to explain it. Like a lot of the people nowadays figure they have, uh, they have to go on big, big trips or they have to do great things before they settle down. Uh, we didn't have that opportunity and we didn't miss it. And I think that if people get their sights set too high on what they expect in life, they kind of set themselves up for disappointment. It's better if you just sort of take a day at a time and make it work, you know, instead of trying to figure out the whole life game plan and all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you, you have to make some compromise with, you know, the other person. And um, yeah, I think that's very true that you have to be realistic about the relationship and what you can afford and, what and you that can. you have, it's a give and take and that you don't always agree. And that's, that's normal. And, um, as long as there is the respect and the love there, you, you can sort of work it out somehow. You can find a way to compromise and, um, you know, find uh, solutions to disagreements or different uh, expectations or whatever. Certainly the communication is very important, being honest and, and being um, respectful of the other. Um, like I find that's very important in a relationship that you still, even at this point, say thank you for this or that was nice of you to do that or you know. empathy is what we're saying. Yes, yes, empathy. you know you have to have that connection or even sometimes you'll say, well, you know, you could have done those dishes. That would have been nice. <laughs> <laughs> it goes both ways. Um, but oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> So I think it's a, it's a give and take for sure. And, uh, but I think if you've got, you know, love in there and respect that you, you've got the, the head start is there, you know, if you really care for the person you're going to, to try, to try and harder. Yeah. Yeah. Is that helpful? <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's something that's already been mentioned before, you know, um, taking it one day at a time, showing respect for each other and just communicating and talking it out. But it, it takes both people to do that, right? It's kind of hard if only one person is doing it, so. That's true. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. But you know, it reminds me, before we got married, we, we went to see, remember the priest there? Yeah, yeah. The priest that said, uh, you know, that the problem with uh, women sometimes is that they will, if they're angry, they will just shut down and not actually express why they're, you know, not, not right away, you know, they're just gonna sulk or whatever. Did you remember that? So then you have to guess what's going on. And you know? the guy has to sort of guess what's the matter, you know? <laughs> what is it she's upset about, you know? And it's a guessing game. Well, that's not good. You have to be yeah. open about, you know, uh, how you feel about your feelings. And um, communication, again, is very, very important. So he said before you go to sleep that night, you should talk it over and clear it up before you go to sleep. Yes, that's what I remember. He's, yeah. Yeah. He, he talked about love being like a big rock that if you don't take care of it, of it, it'll chip, chip away, you know, over time. Mm -hmm. 
chip, chip away and the thing will disappear. I thought, you know, what do I, what does he know? He's That's just right. a priest, you know? <laughs> He's not married, so how does but, he know? <laughs> but it's, it, it did stick, you know, that uh, little speech he made. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's very helpful. And like Ryan said, a couple um, recurrent themes from other couples we've talked to and stuff like that. So yeah, it's uh, honestly, I just feel like elated just listening to your story and seeing, you know, that you're still in love after all these years. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's nice. Thank you so much for sharing your, sharing your story and sharing your time with us. It was a you pleasure. Were, it was, it was kind of fun. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Thanks so much. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. You know, when you first approached us, we thought, well, what do we got to share? You know? Yeah, we're just ordinary people. For us, it's just life, you know? It's just life. It just happened a day at a time. And yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's part of it is um we want to like show everybody that, you know, it's like ordinary people, you know, have value to add. And like, we're a lot more similar than we think, whether, you know, you're looking at like a celebrity or like you said, having this high expectation of what your life could look like. But you know, you just keep it simple, take it a day at a time. And if you find the right partner, then everything can be great. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't mean you can't have ambitions, you know, but. Uh, share, I, share them first before you do it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of, yeah. <laughs> Good communication always, right? <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Well, I don't even so know much. who this lady is. She's been in my house for years. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah. Well, well, you folks have a wonderful day and enjoy the sunshine and your walk. And uh, I hope you have a really great weekend. Thank okay. you very much. Thanks. Thank, Thank you. Very you. Much, yeah. Thanks. thanks again. Take care. Bye, Ryan. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. So one thing with this that I found uh, was interesting is that they mentioned about it being a different time that, you know, they had mm -hmm. a lot more security, uh, things felt more in place for them. And they met at, at a younger age and they kind of see how things are different now, that there isn't as much security. There's a lot more unsureness about your own life. And another thing that I thought was really good is they talked a lot about how they have similar values and they have similar views, even in, you know, like having an interest in art in like a same like in the same kind of way and about how to raise the kids. Like it just seemed like having that in place just made everything else uh, easier to grow with. Yeah, I think one of the one of the favorite things for me, like if I think back to like a quote type thing that they said is at one point in the episode, they said like, we're each other's best friends and we were in love when we met and we're still in love now. Again, like taking it a day at a time, having having compromise, communi communicating things through, uh, having respect for each other. Like those are the commonalities that I saw. Yeah, and I think like something, I, th I think it was Marie who said like they went to see a priest and stuff like that. And the insight that they walked away with was if you don't talk about those things, whether it's like immediately or at some point in the future that's bugging you in your relationship, um, love's like this big rock. And mm. as things happen more and more in the relationship, your rock just gets chipped away at and chipped away at and chipped away at if you don't basically like my interpretation is if you don't care for the relationship, it's just going to yeah. erode over time. You want to talk about our third couple? All right. So our next couple is Cecilia and Gary. They will be together 30 years coming this December. Uh, they both met while they were doing their master's in Toronto. 
if you guys have stayed up until now, like stick out till the very end of this one, because I think you're going to get a lot out of it. Just like one quick thing before we, we get to that is I noticed with all of the couples, because we're doing it over um, Skype or Zoom, that I could tell when the when one of them was talking, the other one was very intently listening, mm-hmm. which I think is awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, Let's here's, go. Here's Cecilia and Gary. So maybe we'll start with something that we always think is simple, but maybe not. Maybe you can tell us a little bit um, just about yourselves individually and then um, how you met. Uh, okay. Well, this is Gary and I um, grew up in Toronto family where I had uh, two sisters and a younger brother who was quite a bit younger. So he was, he was kind of like, uh, came along well after I think my parents expected to have more kids. <laughs> so it was quite a, quite a range, like 13 year range in the, in the family and um, ended up, um, I ended up going to veterinary college and did uh, practice as a veterinarian for a while, then went back to graduate school and got into health services research. So that's how I met uh, Cecilia was when I was in graduate school at uh, University of Toronto. So I'm Cecilia and I was born in Toronto, born and raised in Toronto. Um, my parents were immigrants from Sri Lanka. So my father came to Canada in the late 1950s. My mom joined him in Toronto and they were married in 1960. And my sister and I were born shortly after. Um, um, Went through school in Toronto, did a science degree at U of T. Um, upon graduating, didn't know what I was going to do next, so, so went into uh, medical research. So clearly the reason I did that was to meet Gary, because uh, I have no, no connection to science right now. But uh, the blessing of that time was meeting this cute young guy who was starting a master's degree. I think I met him within three weeks or maybe a month of starting my job. So we met, we had a wonderful three years of getting to know one another and got married in 1991. So you're right, coming on 30 years at the end of December. So and then our two kids came along. And as you would say, the rest is history, I guess it's all history, but uh, (laughs) that's the start of it. So you guys met in graduate school. And uh, what was that like? Did you kind of know you had something special right away? Was it something that grew over time? I remember the very first time I met him. And um, we were both working for a, um, a doctor who was co-supervising um, Gary's work, and he was my boss. I think he kind of had designs on introducing us. We're not quite sure, but I, that's what we suspect. Um, and I remember meeting Gary and leaving the office and saying to my coworker, commenting on, he's really cute, but what's with the voice? <laughs> <laughs> I said, he's really cute, but what's with the voice? That's what I remember. Saying so, it's interesting. The first things you remember, right? So, that that's my my memory. So, <laughs> I think I've told you that before. <laughs> definitely, definitely have the. Uh... <laughs> and so, um, how did it go from there? So you met, and then you started going on dates, obviously, and you got married. You said three years later. 
Yeah, I think our first date was going to church. <laughs> <laughs> we we uh, played squash a lot together at um, at the university uh, sports complex and at Hart House. So our dates were like playing squash. Then we went from squash to like going for a coffee after, and then we go to church sometimes on Sunday evening together. And yeah, it just it just grew. Like it just grew in companionship and in common shared interest and in fun and in laughter. It was a Malaysian restaurant on um, Baldwin. Baldwin in Toronto, you know, right, right near the University of Toronto campus. And we have this Tom Yum soup, which is like basically chili oil in boiling hot water. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was kind of fun. What about you? I remember thinking, oh, here's a person who's kind of chatty and kind of sweet and uh, be kind of fun to spend some time with. So, so you both you both kind of felt that initial like attraction. Yeah, connection, attraction, um, interest in getting to know the other person more. I think I was probably about 23 or 24 at that time. Yeah, so I think for me, it was a time of transition. So we were both at that kind of juncture in life of deciding mm -hmm. what the next step was. So it was kind of kind of neat to connect with somebody at that time. It wasn't like either of us had a clear path mapped out. So mm -hmm. there was that opportunity to map it together, which was cool, which was really, really cool. And I just, when I look at our life, that to me is probably the greatest joy is that we've grown and learned together and that we haven't had this determined path that we have to go this way or we have to go that way. So it's been a life of just really discovery and journey. And I think it's been made even more interesting with kids that have are on the same journey. So yeah, just grateful for <clears throat> having someone to discover that with. Yeah. And it makes me think of, um, that saying that everyone has about like life is a journey, not a destination or like multiple destinations, I guess. But um, do you do you find like the whole way through that it was just like smooth sailing, like everything kind of fell into place or was there like some kind of bumps in the road? <laughs> Fairy tale. Oh, well, life is a journey full of ups and downs and turns and it's what makes it beautiful, but it also is what makes it challenging and what deepens it. I remember just this past week, I think I was saying to Gary, you know, we really have enjoyed the writing of C.S. Lewis, you know, who wrote the Narnia Chronicles and he wrote a lot of other books too. I think he's the one that said something about um, the only way to guarantee um, your heart is not broken is to just encase it and not to love an individual or an animal or care too much about anything. And you will end up having an intact heart at the end of your life, but it will be a cold and frozen heart. And I thought that's profound, you know, like the only way you experience life is to make yourself vulnerable and open your heart. But you know that you're going to risk being wounded. And it would be a lie if any couple came on your podcast and said they haven't been hurt or done some hurting, but it's all part of the journey, right? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, 
So no, it hasn't been smooth sailing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for us, I mean, we um, we certainly have grown a lot through being together 30 years, as you could imagine. Um, you know, I think we we faced a rough patch early on. And, you know, one of the things I think we learned out of that was it helps to have something, someone, some ones in your life that helps you to focus on together. Uh, because sometimes it can become too intense when, when it, all it is is you're focusing on each other and trying to solve problems or solve each other's problems or that sort of thing. And so um, I think one of the one of the really special gifts that um, Cecilia gave to me early on when we were coming out of a kind of a rough patch uh, was she knew how much I loved uh, Jack Russell Terriers from when I was a veterinarian. And um, she said, why don't we... Uh, why don't we get a, a Jack Russell Terrier for uh, for your birthday or for Christmas this one year? And uh, he became like our first child, right? Gave us something that we could both focus on together that was apart from ourselves, that we could then see each other in and see the, you know, care and concern and um, for lack of a better word, love that we could that we could bestow on this little, little dog. And... Um, I think it helped us to see each other in different light as well. Taking the focus off each other sometimes is helpful too. Whether that's an animal, a child, something you do together, you know, whatever. Like well, you mentioned that you played, uh, was it squash, sorry, together? Yeah. So if I would, I yeah. think with other, the other couples too, they mentioned like they have similar things that they can do together, but then also things that you can do just kind of on your own, which I think is important to have as well, right? Yeah, we both um, we both really enjoy being outside, outdoors. So um, our relationship has really been, you know, characterized by doing some hiking and canoeing and skiing and snowshoeing. We try to have something that we like to do every season. I would say where I engage in most of those things recreationally, Gary takes it to the other extreme. And so that's what's been really nice is that he has a brother, his youngest brother. So it's been nice that he has that outlet for being able to do that with the intensity he loves with somebody who enjoys that. And then it frees us up to be able to do things recreationally. So that's part of our, our life apart is his en enjoyment in, um, you know, a more extreme form of outdoor activity. And it frees us up to then enjoy things recreationally together, like at, at my level. <laughs> and I just really, really love having my friends that I can spend time with and share books with and share coffees and conversations with. And I have a lot of time and space for that too. So I find that we both have that time apart to do those things that bring us joy and energize us. And then you bring that joy and energy back into your relationship. Well, it's, it's interesting. That's something I've heard a lot before too. And something I think that I'm learning in like relationship as well is like a big component is finding those shared interests, but also leaving room for the other person to be who they are. Um, from people I've talked to for many years who have been together for a while, uh, that there's a togetherness and a separateness that there's a, a, a unique balance there. And I appreciate your candor when you're like, if anybody told you it was all smooth sailing, they're lying. Because <laughs> I, I think that's true, right? And something that maybe we don't realize in today's world is that life is not supposed to be easy. 
And I think it's something I'm consistently learning, but that doesn't mean that your life isn't rich or good or rewarding, but that there are times where it's going to be hard. Maybe there's this perspective now on relationships and maybe that's why divorce rates are higher because we go into these relationships with expectations of it to be a certain way instead of just allowing it to grow. And you know, Jenny, um, when I did my graduate work, I looked at a model of adult de development and um, there's a sense in which we continue to grow and develop as, through a, across our lifespan. And very often when you reach a stage of transition, you're pushing up against something that you need to revoke in your life to be able to move to the next stage. And I think sometimes relationships take on that function where the other person becomes the thing you need to revoke. So somehow you feel that in order to grow, you need to push that person away. And I think that we do ourselves a great disservice when we don't allow that continuity in our life. When we don't recognize that the person symbolizes what we need to push away from, but they are not what we need to push away from. So I do believe that very often when we push away from partners or push away from relationships, we're still faced at the end of the day with who we are. You know, we're not happier because that individual is out of our lives. We're still left with ourselves and our challenge, right? So, I mean, I think understanding that that desire to want to push up against something the way kids do when they're adolescents and young adults, they're pushing against their parents. It's that they're revoking what their parents symbolize, but they're not revoking their parents, you know? So I think it's so important to understand that that's a natural part of our development. And we will feel that time where we need to push up against things. It doesn't mean that the things need to end, you know? Maybe sometimes it does, but it doesn't always mean that that relationship or that person is the obstacle in your life. It's, it's your own developmental challenge that you need to face, right? Yeah, and I think just from friends that I, that I have talked to, it's like whenever they feel challenged by their partner, maybe, like they're not really ready to face that challenge yet. So now they're looking at their partner as like, you're the thing that's like making me feel worried yes. and whatever, right? Um, but it, I think it just comes down to maybe like, if you want to speak to this a little bit, um, like having that communication to that a degree of saying like, I'm feeling really overwhelmed about X and I want to talk about it. And it's like, it's not your fault that you're challenging me. It's just, I feel really, really challenged right now. And I don't know how, to, how to like work through this. I think the other thing too, is just, um, having that sense that at the base of it all, there's that commitment to be together, to stay together. Even some, like the, the communication you're talking about, Ryan, is really important. Sometimes you just don't want to hear that or say that. It's important to do it, but it's sometimes you just need to process and you need to be able to say, I, I can't talk about this now, or I don't have the words for this now, or um, I don't even know what it is. But uh, having at the base that understanding that person's in this for a lifetime you know it's really good to help each other recognize and know that this is a lifetime thing i mean short of serious abuse or something that's you know really hard to get over it's good to have that foundation there because then you can talk about things you can not talk about things but you know that you're going to you're going to come to it eventually that communication is huge so i would say like 
uh, encouragement to people who um, are on that journey is, yeah, like learn how to listen and learn how to speak. And I think the important thing is learning how to speak truthfully with kindness and with love. I mean, that's the hardest Mm -hmm. thing, right? I mean, we can all be honest, right? In a brutal way with others, but can we do it in a way, in a loving way that someone can actually receive it? I mean, think about it. None of us want to be backed up in a corner and, you know, with a finger, you know, pointing at us, telling us what we've done wrong. But if we can find a way to, you know, approach a truth in a way that shows that we care about the integrity of this relationship. And if we talk about this, it will only make things better. I think really thinking about how, thinking in life about the people who've spoken to us and whose words we've heard, we've generally known without a doubt that their their care and their deep love for us. And they've often found a way and a time, I think timing is critical, time and a way to say it that we can listen, right? Because let's be honest, we don't always want to hear that, right? But we can, we can be open to hearing it in the right situation. My daughter recently said to me, you know, mom, sometimes when someone's done something to hurt you and they say, sorry, you're not quite ready to forgive them yet. And maybe that's okay to say, you know what? I need some time with this. And I thought, well, good for you. Because I think just to prematurely forgive isn't a good thing either, right? I mean, to recognize that there's been a hurt and I need some time to process this and trust me with it because I'm going to process it, but let's return, let's, you know, let's put a pin in it and return to it later, you know, kind of things. I just need to say one thing right now, though, before we go any further, and, and that is that the absolute critical, critical nature of forgiveness in a relationship, like really, um, and I have to say that I learned, have learned so much from Gary. Like he is probably one of the singularly most forgiving people I know. And I think if you can say that about somebody, then you've got, you've got a treasure, hang on to them. Because that is probably one of the most difficult tasks in an interpersonal relationship is to forgive. And if you can find a partner who's forgiving, then yeah, you've got a really, a great foundation. So, so what you were talking about with forgiveness, sometimes I haven't always been ready to forgive. Like you said, like the person's sorry, they're apologetic, there's been hurt, but it takes time sometimes to process that, um, that emotion behind what happened and making room in the, especially in like partner relationships for, to realize like, sometimes things just take time. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a really important point because, um, we're um, in a church here in Calgary and the uh, um, minister, and uh, he just did a series actually on forgiveness. And one of the key things he was, he was saying in that was um, that forgiveness is work. It, it's, it's not about saying, I forgive you and packing it up and putting it away. If that's what you're doing, you probably haven't really forgiven. <laughs> so and it is a process, but hundred percent necessary. He also differentiated though, like the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation, right? Like that forgiveness is something done on your part, right? And in many ways it's done for your own health because 
whether or not you forgive someone doesn't, well, may or may not influence their life, but it has a huge impact on your own life, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas reconciliation involves two people doing that work and coming together. So there is in fact a difference between forgiving and forgiving and being reconciled. And the challenge of relationships is we hope that we forgive and we reconcile. So there's the individual work, but there's the work together, you know? I thought I thought that was helpful that he he broke it down into being two parts, you know, and um, and uh, the the forgiveness work is the the work you do on your own, the reconciling work is the work you do together, you know. And at the root of it all is speaking the truth, right? And he also talked about the fact that there are lessons to be learned in life, and once that lesson has been learned, to hold on to that anger or that hurt is counterproductive. Like once it's taught us what it needs to teach us, let go of it. What is the value of holding on to that? It becomes part of our identity, right? Our woundedness, our desire to get back at somebody, but um, what's that doing for us, you know? Yeah, I've heard that before in work that I've done too is um, in a different manner. It's like if they're the two components of forgiveness. Part of it is keeping the other person on the hook, but by also not working through your own process of forgiveness, you're keeping yourself on a hook as well. Yeah. 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 As someone has said, you're uh, drinking the poison and hoping it'll hurt them. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I think another thing that I've kind of heard before is it's like, you know, you get, you get to be right. Sure. For your, for yourself. But then it's like, what? It, what is that really doing for you in the end? You're only doing damage to yourself. Another friend once mentioned something like, it's sometimes the choice of doing the right thing or doing the loving thing. And sometimes those things aren't the same. You know, I think one of the, the, secrets, the secret sauces of our 30 years has been, um, <laughs> we're both people who are very interested in learning, lifelong learning. And not, you know, in terms of just intellectual, but um, but learning about our lives and individually and together and what it all means and that kind of thing. I, I think that is crucial because you do change. Like in 30 years, I'm not the same person I was 30 years ago. In, in a core, yes, but what I know, what I believe, what motivates me is is uh, quite different 30 years later. And and so um, you have to be, uh, both of you, in a learning stance throughout your life and finding it kind of interesting that what the other person is, is, uh, is learning too. So, and that, that speaks to that, that piece about um, uh, communication and forgiveness. That it all ties together in terms of being able to move on and grow together. Um, so this might be maybe a little bit of a summary of everything that's already been brought up, but I think just kind of coming a bit more to a close is I just wanted to ask, like, what is, what does love mean to you? If each of you want to kind of touch on that a little bit. Mm. Anyway, I, I, I'm going to start by saying love is to me, one of the most powerful decisions we make because I do feel there's a lot of heart but there's a lot of will in love too and um, I think 
the decision to love has been, you know, the most transforming decision and decisions I make every day in my life. Um, well, it's just like so many, when you ask me that question, faces come to mind, you know, people come to mind in my head, people who, who I've loved, you know, Gary and the kids, but just so many others who've come across my path and, and the decision to open myself to them and to let them in and to be let in and to recognize that, that there's holiness in that encounter and that experience. And, but there's responsibility that comes with it too. So, so I'd say for me, it's the most profound um, decision I have the option to make every day of my life and just so grateful for all the love I've received in my life and I've been able to give and humbled too, you know, humbled by, you know, when you go into your day with your heart open and to, to really, when you, if, if you just wake up and um, decide that you're going to look at life that day through the eyes of love, you see things so different, mm -hmm. so incredibly different. You can also wake up and um, decide to see your life through the eyes of hurt and you have a very different day. But um, yeah, just a, a gentle gratitude that you bring to your day when you see it that way. And, and all of a sudden a smile, you know, on the sidewalk means so much, it's so profound, you know? So I don't know. I don't know if I answered your question. But <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, that's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, just, um, what comes to mind for me is uh, being held and holding. And um, I think uh, for me in my life, uh, love is knowing that I'm loved gives me a foundation on which I can do and believe in myself and in the future. And um, having the privilege and putting in the effort to do that for someone else also um, brings meaning and um, belief and hope. So I don't know, holding and being held. <laughs> or, yeah, holding and being held. So with Renee and Laurentin, um, they sent their answer by email. And so what Renee said in his response was, love is what happens when you're with someone with whom you feel you belong, who you find beautiful as a human being. You want to be there for them and for them. Sorry, you want to be there with them and for them. Hopefully that person will feel the same about you. But if they don't, you still love them because true love does not expect anything in return. And I have Laurentins here. And I, I love what he said. He said, no need for big gestures. Yesterday, I reminded Renee to buy something he needed because the store he buys it from was going to be closed on Monday. And today, he surprised me with my favorite chocolate because he said he heard me saying yesterday that I had forgotten to buy it. Just having little doses of that 
kind of mutual attention goes on for a very long haul. Maybe that's what love is. So, um, Dave and Marie, uh, you're going to listen to an audio snippet from them. What is the meaning of love? Well, that's a very big question. Um, Love is the glue that keeps a couple together over the years. It's, It's the most important element it represents the um, desire to be with that person the need to be with that person and the thrill of being with that person yes that too the um, the need also to protect that person um, and to care for that person and to share so much everything with that person you're uh, well everything that you do it's a sense of well-being Uh, you feel whole when you're with that person you enjoy being with them you look forward to being with them so I guess that's about well I think as it's like trying to answer what is the meaning of life (laughs) (laughs) as you're getting older though I have to say that um, the fact that you know you know you're not gonna last forever for me, there is this fear of losing the lifelong companion that I have. It is, you know, hard to imagine not being with that person after spending so many years together. That's true, but I don't want to check out yet. <laughs> well, I hope not. <laughs> okay. So that is what all of the couples had to say about what love means to them. But we want to hear from you guys, too. So if you're listening and you have your own thoughts uh, or want to share anything with us about what love means to you, then we'd love to hear from you. So you can email us, uh, have a little insight at gmail.com. We are also on social media. Uh, at Instagram, we are at Hallie Podcast. On Facebook, we are have a little insight. You can send us a message there as well. Um, or you can uh, go to TikTok. We don't have a lot posted there yet, but I think... Yeah, we can uh, take some messages there as well. Yeah, and uh, this is the this is what it's all going to be about in season two, folks. And what it's kind of been about from the beginning is just getting comfortable, just going a little bit deeper and looking for things that might just be a little bit outside of our scope. There's a lot of information out there, but what we're really trying to do with this podcast and uh, all of our efforts behind it is gain wisdom and insights through other people's personal stories, lived experience, and expertise. So uh, if you have a story, feel free to reach out to us. We always want to hear from you. And in the meantime, make sure you subscribe on Apple and Spotify. We'll be releasing a new episode every Thursday. And uh, we'll, we'll see you guys on the next one. Take care and have a fantastic week. Thanks for tuning in.